The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota, and this is a podcast where we talk to people in the state of Minnesota doing cool things. Um, today, we are talking to someone who's doing a really cool thing. His name is Zachary Quinn, and he is the founder of co-founder of Love Your Melon. And I believe the first time I found out about Love Your Melon was there was this cute girl, and she was walking down uh, Grand Avenue, and she had this really cute hat on. And it was like a beanie and it had a little leather tag on it. And I was looking at it and I like poked her and I said, hey, you know, tell me about your hat. Where'd you get that? She was like, oh, my God, have you heard about these guys that went to St. Thomas? So hello, Zachary. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Do you go by Zach? Zachary. Zachary. Okay, full name. So tell me how you are sitting in class one day and you decide to create this company or was it a project that you started working on? It's funny you brought up Grand Avenue because that's the first place we sold beanies, and we sold about a hundred of them our first day. Oh my god! Sold out of all of our beanies, we had to sell within two days. It was over Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, so I wonder if I was yeah. like right on the cusp. Maybe who knows how far back it was? Because now it's been about four and a half years that we've been working on this. It started as our class project, sophomore year of college in entrepreneurship, and we got carried away. We loved what we were doing, and we. Took it as far as we possibly could, and here we are now. So when you start, you're a student, and you're in your entrepreneur program, I'm assuming there's a number of kids that take that class. Right. And did could you create any kind of company you wanted? Yeah, you could start any business revolved around the class guidelines. There are a few different requirements, and by the end of the class, you were just supposed to turn a profit. And so we, we took the guidelines for what they were and broke most of the rules, <laughs> And one of our main things we decided early on was, well, if we were only going to do this for a semester or for however long, we wanted to make a difference in the lives of other people that needed help. So we identified pretty quickly pediatric cancer as being something that didn't have as much support as it should. The population of children battling cancer is much smaller than adult cancer populations, Mm -hmm. significantly so, about 1%. Um, for most statistics of all cancers, is pediatric. And so there isn't a lot of funding for pharmaceutical companies in the drugs that are needed to help those kids. And so we, we decided we were going to give away money um, to cancer research from our class project. And so we started talking to local children's hospitals and reading books like the one from Tom Shoes, Blake Mikowski's book, yeah. on his Buy One, Give One program. We thought that was a great idea because what we wanted to do was give customers the ability to make a difference themselves by purchasing a product they could know their own impact and so we started that way one for one with the goal of giving a hat to every kid battling cancer in america which is about forty-five thousand. and we hit that about a year year and a half later where we were able to give a hat to every kid battling cancer in the country and we switched over to now we give 50 percent of our profit to cancer research to hosting adventures for kids to doing family support models where we're paying 
mortgage or gas bills or food sure. bills. So our impact, we decided instead of giving 10 hats to every kid battling cancer, we were going to um, give one to every kid that we ever encountered and then also do work to make sure that we can fight cancer more efficiently and help support those families financially during their, their tough times they're going through. Certainly a worthy cause. Did you know someone that had pediatric cancer, or why did that no. particular piece touch you so much? No, we were trying to identify a population of people that needed help. Underserved. Yeah, mm-hmm. underserved populations. And so pediatric cancer for us, we had heard about cancer in um, our communities and through some family and friends that had gone through cancer themselves, but no pediatric cancer. And so this was our first encounter with it. We decided we wanted to help, and as soon as we started doing this, I mean, that's when things really took a turn. We've um, met so many incredible kids along the way. And you researched the Tom's model, which at the time was a unique model. It was something that wasn't happening a lot. We're seeing it a little bit more now. What was it about, um, I mean, you have to start a company and you have to turn a profit. Most, I don't, I don't want to say most entrepreneurs, but a lot of entrepreneurs Helping others isn't the first thing that's in their mind when they start their company. They see a need or they have something that they're really interested in. Why was that important to you and your partner when you first started? I think growing up, it's always been important for me. I come from the restaurant business. My parents have restaurants in St. Paul. Which ones? Cafe Latte and Bread and Chocolate. Oh, you're that Quinn. Okay. Linda Quinn's son. Yes. Okay. And Peter Quinn. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And they've been incredible inspirations for me all along. I came along about 13 years after my, both my older brothers, so I was the baby of the family. Sure. And my parents took me to tons of fundraisers or got me out volunteering a ton as a kid. And even in high school, I'd go make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. or turkey sandwiches at the restaurant and go give them out to homeless people. And so that was always a part of like myself and like what I wanted to do. I'd get my friends looped in on doing it, too. And so for me, starting this and working with Brian, we were like, yeah, this is what we want to do. We want to make a difference. and make this be more meaningful as a class project than just trying to make a couple hundred bucks from selling whatever product we're going to sell. Yeah. So it, it was our own intention to make a difference, and this is how we ended up doing it. Now, our other reason for starting the company was because we identified that people didn't have any cool beanies. <laughs> I was so, going to ask about that. Yeah, because in, in Minnesota, it's pretty cold here. So we realized looking around, people were wearing hats, winter hats, but a lot of them were like, from John Deere Tractor or like yeah. the Minnesota Wild or the Vikings, which by all means, those guys are great. But no, none of the beanies were fashionable, were um, well-designed, and had a brand behind them, and especially with women. So we identified that there was a market need for that, and we created a cool brand of beanies, and that's how Lover Melon was And it was went born. from there. And yeah. then this year, and maybe it was – I just paid attention to it this year, but it seemed like you introduced – more things like there was the hat with the pom pom yeah. and some more clothing. Once did you just decide? Well, the beanie idea is going so great. Let's add some other items. And how do you decide to like do a sweatshirt or what makes you add to the line? Yeah, so we have a sixteen-person team um, that work for Love Your Melon, including myself, and we're always coming up with new ideas and, and products to come out with. What we want to make sure is that it fits our quality standards our design standards so that it really looks good and works with our brand. And so what we've identified is that we're very good at making knitwear. Um, We make all of our knit in Minnesota. Every Mm -hmm. one of our products is made in the USA, but our knit especially is made here 
actually in Mendota Heights. Mm-hmm. And so we can, with that knit, make anywhere from a beanie to a scarf or blanket, mittens. And so that's what we've started to work on and really growing those lines to be um, one of the most well, um, well-known well brands in the knitwear industry. And Love Your Melon, you know, obviously it says hat, but... It's become, in my mind anyway, like more of a brand philosophy, yeah. as it were. Is that intended by you? Yeah, that, the initial intention was that you'd love your head no matter whether you'd lost your hair from chemotherapy treatment or not, whether you'd gone bald or not, or whatever you looked like, you could put on a nice cozy hat that would keep you warm in the winter and it would introduce you to this community of people that wanted to do good. And so that's how it began, and now it has become to signify even more than that. And Melon has become this incredible trend of of people that want to do good for their communities Mm -hmm. and look good while they're doing it. So if do you mind if I ask how old you are today? I'm 24 years old. And your company is on its third year? Four and a half. Is it four and a half? It's been that long? So, okay. You are a young man you're running a company, you have a manufacturing facility, you have 16 employees. Did it all become, did it all transpire organically? Or do you ever like wake up and think, oh my God, how is it that I'm running this company of 16 people and they're all counting on me for their livelihood? Does it ever feel overwhelming? Well, it grew slowly, even though four and a half years sounds like a short amount of time. It it was progressive. We did the next step. We always knew it was coming month in advance and so that helped us predict what we had to do next and how we had to grow and and respond to the market demand i mean i'm sure uh, listeners out there have seen how sold out we are all the time with our products online we've been working to fix that but it's because we come out with such unique product lines consistently like last year we came out with 2500 different types of beanies Mm -hmm. different color palm variations and that's what we're trying to do is create unique new products that people can identify as their own and really come to love and come back and keep purchasing more and get like a full collection. So sure. We, um, yeah, it's grown, it's grown progressively. Our biggest things that we've had to deal with in that growth are manufacturing capabilities because Mm -hmm. U S manufacturing is not where it needs to be. And we're, I think having a significant impact on that contributing to about 120 jobs in the U S from fulfillment to manufacturing needs. Uh, as well, we've had fulfillment issues to bring that up, mm-hmm. make sure people get their products on time. Because, I mean, we went on the Today Show, I remember a couple years back, and we had 2,500 hats to sell on our website, and they sold out that day, even though the website crashed five times. And so for the next two weeks, we were shipping out all 2,500 hats ourselves. And so we've gone back and forth between working for other companies or with other companies versus doing the fulfillment ourselves. And we finally have good fulfillment partners that are getting products out within a two-day period. So, right. So people receive them within the week, which has been great. But, I mean, there's been things we've had to figure out all along the, the way that have really been great learning experiences. It's become our education. I don't know if you know this, but I dropped out of college. I didn't. So right after the class project, I, I dropped out, decided to run this full-time Ended up going back to school because people stopped buying beanies in the summertime. <laughs> and that's when it really took off. So I ended up finishing two years of college, and then I dropped out after that for good. Do you feel like 
um, just going to be like your mom and dad here. Do you feel like when you look back at that decision, was that the right decision? Do you think you'll go back in time? No, I, I highly doubt it. I think I've learned so much more than I could ever have learned because the way my mind thinks is I have to be hands-on. I have to be working on something that I know is going to have an impact for it too. And really it's a testament to how good this program was at St. Thomas in entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. that we were able to create real world impact in a class. Right. It's like very cool, but there's a lot of education that isn't to that standard yet. And so I feel like I've been like, we've got a team of 16 people were doing anything from running all, all of our manufacturing and design to our ambassador program of 13,000 college students across the country and impacts huge. So I think as far as it being a good decision or not, yes, it, it started as a gap year that I convinced my parents to let me take. Um, and <laughs> I can it, just see your mom just and dad a, knowing them, just like what a long gap year. And they're entrepreneurs in their own right, and sure. they've been the best support pieces that I could have had along the way. And so I thank them for that, obviously. So you, the beanie business slows down. You think you're going to go back to school. You end up creating. Tell me about so part of. Your product that I think is unique is not only, you know, the designs are unique, but this way you came up with these ambassadors to help you market and distribute and brand the products. Can you talk about your college program? Yeah. So it started with a nationwide tour that we did. Bought this old hockey bus. It was a coach that they used to get around to hockey games. And it was about 20 years old, had almost a million miles, 990,000 miles on it. (laughs) And we ripped out all the chairs and and equipment from it and uh, put in bunk beds and then got a, a wrap put on it by 3M, local in town. Yep. It looked like a giant Love Your Melon billboard, and we were driving it all around the country. And what we'd do is we'd go to uh, college campuses, sell as many hats as we could to the students there, and then go to the local children's hospital and donate the same amount of hats. And so this was before we had given a hat to every kid battling cancer in America. Yep. Um and so we would meet these students at the campuses that we were going to, and they wanted to come with. So we'd give them superhero costumes. We'd have them come into the hospital and give away hats with us because every one of our hats is currently given by a superhero, which can mean a professional athlete, a celebrity, or just somebody putting on a costume. Yeah, a lot of superheroes a great in life. Icebreaker for the yep. kids and that they, they know their beanie came from Batman or. Uh, Kyle Rudolph on the Minnesota Vikings. A totally weird question, but you're calling these hospitals like, hi, we're these college kids and we have this bus and we have all these hats. Can we come bring them to your hospital? Were they all receptive? No, not not entirely. We got said no to a lot, but we're very good at talking our way into things and and getting getting through to people. So we would end up making these connections with these college students across the country and they would um, want to continue doing it after we left. That's what kickstarted our ambassador program. We had to figure out how to give away roughly 30,000 hats a year uh, to continue making sure that every kid that gets diagnosed um, still gets a hat. So yep. we give away roughly 30,000 hats a year continuously. And so our college ambassadors are the ones that dress up as superheroes and go give them out. Wow. And it's a really cool program. They're incredible individuals across the country. And how much did social media play in your story? A lot. I mean, did it's you... been... As a, I mean, a young man, you probably knew a little bit about social media and probably used it yourself. 
did you really immerse yourself in how to create engagements and followers or was it just way more organic than that? No, we just knew how to do it. We were using it as our platform to tell our story and that's why it worked because everything about it was authentic. We were just sharing what we were doing, whether it was being at our manufacturing facilities, working on our products or being out donating hats or out setting up tables and trying to sell hats to keep going. And that uh, that's what led people to want to follow us and, and watch what we were doing because they knew it was authentic. And that. And there was wasn't even impact. that much video then. No, the, I mean, social media has changed since we started considerably yeah. and we've had to adapt to it. And now it's become a big part of our advertising budget that we spend on Facebook and Instagram are great partners to you'll see our sponsored post out there all the time. What's changed is that you don't get the kind of organic uh, interaction on social media, especially Facebook anymore. And so we, we advertise through it. People are surprised by that. I think entrepreneurs, you know, they started out using it and it was this very social, easy, free medium. But Mm -hmm. as more and more we go on here and those companies get smarter about advertising, it's hard to get seen unless you are paying for right. posts. Wouldn't yeah, you, you say? Don't, you don't really get seen at all anymore unless you are. Yeah. Instagram, you do still, but that'll just change as they figure out how to monetize it. Yeah. And it's not fully and Snapchat there Snapchat is really so far from being there. Although we've tested out doing like the filters on Snapchat. Yeah. Cause we, our college students are, the ambassadors are at over 850 institutions across the country, colleges and universities. And so we've done, filters that appear only on those campuses and stuff and they've worked well but they need to come a little bit ways further before they can make that make sense and that's interesting coming from you because a lot of people my age you know snapchat's not really something that they're super familiar with but i would imagine you are so that your what i hear about snapchat as a social media marketer myself is that it's hard to utilize it in a business sense right and that there's just this barrier for whatever well, reason you get you get consumers that are interacting with your filters or whatever you're doing based on their inherent love for your brand already, mm-hmm. but you're not getting any new customers yeah. based off of it. Yep. Um, when you are on a college campus, are you, have you expanded the line where you're selling other stuff now too, or are you still primarily doing hats and then selling other things on the website? No, it's all, all of our sales are web-based currently, uh, roughly 95% of them at least. The rest are done through like boutique shops around the country and uh, custom projects with other brands. We haven't officially launched those programs yet, but we will on April third, and we estimate them to become about twenty to twenty-five percent of our business. So let's talk about that because yeah. you're zeroing in on about a three million dollar company right now, and my understanding is you've partnered with some other brands to co-brand items. Is that what you're looking at? I'm confused about the three million. Um, uh, I maybe I read that wrong. I think that was in a, something that I read online. Oh, we can try that again. Maybe it's a donation that you've made. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is two point six million. Okay. That we've given. So if you're given three million, you're making a lot more than that. Yeah. So. <laughs> no we, wonder you're confused. You're like, wait, what happened? I lost value overnight. Yeah. So we did twenty-one and a half million in revenue. God, last is it year. that much? Yeah. That is so excellent. Yeah, and we give half of our profit away, so we retain the same amount as we donate. So this year we expect to give about $3 million more. That's excellent. To our nonprofit partners. And so anywhere from cancer research to a group of Navy SEALs that partners with 
kids going through treatment and gives them like Navy SEAL training on uh, rock climbing courses and stuff. It's really cool stuff that we're doing. And you and have only 16. That's all possible because of our nonprofit partners. Yeah. And you only have 16 employees. So you're. We try to run lean. Profit yeah. margin's got to be real good. Um, well, we, we try to because then that the more that we can uh, make, it's calculated after tax that we retain the same amount that we've donated. So it's 50% of our profit. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can make, the more we can give. And the more inventory we can buy the next year and continue to grow. So it makes sense. And do you think you'll always stay with the mission of cancer or will there be other um, medical maladies that maybe you'll undertake partnering with? The Love Your Melanin is a brand that's always been about pediatric cancer and we'll continue to do that. Although when we go into children's hospitals, there's oftentimes kids that we see with other diseases. Sure. And we don't leave them out of it. So we'll end up giving them hats too. That's why even with roughly 15,000 kids diagnosed each year, uh, with cancer, we give away about 30000 to make sure we've made a good experience for everyone every time we go into a children's hospital. Do you see, um, I mean, there's just so many directions you could go with this and so many partnerships. Is that still exciting for you? Yeah, absolutely. So what we've done is we're changing over. We've done like 95% of our sales in the past have been online, and that's yep. spread between beanies to the caps to T-shirts and long sleeves to bags. I mean, like a full line of women's and men's wear yep. um, that we've done, all made in America. But now we're going to move into doing both a large-scale boutique retail program that launches April 3rd that boutique shops can purchase from us for, like, next season to sell their ha- sell our hats. Inside in their, their stores, stores. Yep. yeah. Because what we've identified is that many of our customers or potential customers more so don't think that they can buy the products because they're always sold out. Yep. we fixed a lot of those issues now. And what I think will happen is once they see them in their local boutique shop, they're just going to pick them up. So it's going to be a great way for them, the boutique shop owners, to get people into their stores. Mm-hmm. They pick up this high-demand product and item, and so great for them on social media and everything else. So we'll be a great partner for them in that way. And then also at the same time, we're launching our custom program so that companies with us can make co-branded or singular-branded beanies with their logos, and then they can give them away to their staff for holiday parties or they can do a 5k run with it so almost like promotional products event participants with their 5k uh initiation fee get a beanie with it instead of a t-shirt yeah because people always get t-shirts yeah how exciting would you be to get a beanie if you went to your local yoga class that that day and paid 50 bucks and you get both and will it still be a love your melon branded or yeah it still will be a love your melon product uh on the care labels and in the co-branded case so it's all done based on minimums like if you order a certain amount you can do it co-branded yep you order another amount you could do it singular branded if you don't want our logo on it but then it'll allow people to identify themselves with the cause so it'll still give back the 50 percent of profit that's made off of those products will go back to our mission and cause and so they're really a part of the program still it'd be great marketing for them and and great event promotion we've done some cool case studies with facebook as a partner with lululemon as a partner even the uh uh St. Patty's Day Parade at Cross Lake this year did it, and they just sold out of 600 hats. So we've done these test runs, and now we're going to launch that full scale on the 3rd of April. Okay, that's pretty cool. It'll be fun. So when you lay in bed at night and you're getting ready to go to work the next day, like what are you excited to do when you go? Work with awesome people. We've got an incredible staff of 16, as we talked about. They're all uh, similar in mindset, hardworking. They spend tons of hours uh, thinking and living Love Your Melon, and it's 
it's really good going into work and seeing everything that's been created throughout the day or overnight and all the progress that's been made. And we're always coming up with new ideas, whether it's for the college ambassadors or for new designs or products. So that's a lot of fun. And then I get to come talk to cool people like you. And, yeah, uh, sure. Do these things. So these are a lot of fun, too. Um, when you have you ever like laid in bed and just been worried? Like, I mean, it sounds like you had some issues with fulfillment early on. What yeah, is like a real disaster for two weeks in the middle of the peak season? That that really worries me. And we've done significant efforts to fix that, but stuff always happens. Like, yes, even though we provide our projections to our fulfillment companies, and if they're not fully prepared and have a hundred uh, employees ready to ship out. 50,000 orders that come in on Cyber Monday, then it's going to take two weeks to fulfill them. And, yeah. And so that stuff will keep me up at night. But for the most part, we've we've made great, great strides to not have that happen. And we've got good partners that stand behind what they say they're going to do. What other companies in town or even nationally, are there people you admire? They're like, that guy, that girl, she does it all right. Yeah, there's a cool watch brand right now. I've been following Daniel Wellington. They really... Do their social media right, their products right, yep. promotions right. That's cool. Um, Do you have mentors locally? We still locally? really like Chubby's, the shorts brand out yep. of California, and they're made in the USA too, or, or were at least a while ago, uh, last time I talked to them. But uh, there's just some other great brands around. Lululemon's always our favorite. Come into our office, and that's what the entire staff's wearing all the time. Yep. We give it away as gifts to our ambassadors, even though... We can make our own. Ooh, lemon stuff is just so well made, and yeah, and it's awesome. We do have limitations as far as what we can make, being in the U.S., and that's why we've been lucky to do knitwear and leather goods because we do have capabilities for that here. When you get into the more highly technical stuff, it's almost impossible. I went to Magic in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's a convention for the fashion for manufacturing, yeah. and it's about four to five million square feet of booth space of. Uh, manufacturers of brands setting up their tables. The U.S. manufacturing section is about 20,000 square feet of the 5 million. It's just wildly uh, under underserved. In that, Yet in made that in the USA says a lot on a label to a lot of people. Yeah, um, but the manufacturing capabilities just aren't there. Right. When we started making our knit beanies, it was with a company out in Portland, Oregon, and Sounded like a lot to us then, but they could only make about a thousand a month. We still continue to work with them on some small projects, but now we can make one hundred and fifty thousand units a mm-hmm. month. We'll produce about a million and a half products this year. Do you follow uh, Shinola at all? Yeah, Shinola's cool. Yeah, another brand out of Detroit and very Minnesota or not Minnesota made, uh, made in the USA is very important to them. Yeah. It would be interesting for you to maybe visit them. Um, I can set you up with the contact in their manufacturing be cool. division because they've taken their products and they've been training a workforce in Detroit. So kind of that same helping someone help others philosophy, yeah. and they've been creating their own workforce in effect, which has just been, I was able to tour the plant. It was really interesting. So I'll hook you up with them. Well, that's great. Um, that's good. It was just, yeah, if it's like if you can't find it, maybe you have to make it, which is sort of what you've done. Did you think you, I mean, that you're being this wildly successful in retail, selling hats in a a climate where people are like, oh, retail's dying and 
everybody's buying things online and yet you're starting to work with boutiques, you're almost in some ways doing the reverse of what's popular. Yeah, we we figure the reason why people don't go into shops anymore is because there's no longer a uh, experience in doing so and they can't get the products that they see on social media and love and want. And so we're going to be providing these shops with a service to get people in their stores. Uh, it won't be as larger margins as when you buy something from China. Yep. But we, in effect, will have sold the product through social media already and people will just be going to pick them up. We test run it with the Minnetonka General Store mm-hmm. in December and they sold 2,000 units and like really incredible volume there. Yep. Um, so we're going we're gonna to continue working on that with our, with our boutique shop partners and providing them with consumers that come through their doors and then get to talk about the Love Your Mountain story and be a part of that community and then it's totally interesting. buy other stuff too. You're kind of blowing my mind in the way that you're thinking about this and it's smart, really smart. And I don't know, the idea that, you know, you're a boutique and you're going to buy someone's product and bring it into your store as a way to help them sell it you're using like we already have pre-sold this for you boutique so we're going to put this in your store as our chosen retailer so that you can sell your other stuff yeah because people are going to come here because they're going to want this because we've already pre-sold it for you yeah and then they'll have a good experience they'll talk about love your melon and how much they love the work that we do and and then maybe they'll buy a blouse or something else yeah exactly interesting um shirt we're trying to get into the selling to men as well but women identify themselves more with the Lover Melon brand uh, for a variety of reasons, I believe. We, we do make men's products. Our yep. caps, our beanies are all unisex, and so we've been working towards it. But uh, definitely women buy a lot more from us right now. Mm-hmm. If And you're a guy. Like, are there brands that you see and think, oh, that's cool, like the Harry's Shavers? Yeah, Harry's is cool. That's, I don't use them. It's crazy how, I mean, they're selling a $20 a razor. They should start making a trimmer. Yeah. Maybe I'd buy that from them. <laughs> but, I mean, that they're selling basically what was a disposable razor package yeah. and selling it online and selling it direct response. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that's a cool company. I have to think of the other ones that I that I really like. I mean, I know Hammermaid's local. Yep. They're a good brand. Evereve, who's one of our other boutique shop partners, is yep. a great company based out of Edina. And they've got 65 locations. They sold out of 1,600 hats that they ordered within a couple weeks Yeah, in December. So we've done case studies on this. We know the market's there. They sell out so quickly that, like, they want more inventory, and by that time we've sold out of it online too. Yeah. But now we're finally able to produce enough capacity uh, on our machinery to make enough hats and so that we're providing that to our boutique shops and our custom program. How much do you work every week? I'd probably say about 80 hours a week we're focused on this and thinking about it. And that goes for everybody. I mean, there's people that probably put in 100 hours in the office. Right. People work hard. And you have a I – saw your, I saw your logo on a facility on Washington Avenue. Yeah, we have a manufacturing uh, – sorry, we have a warehouse yep. in, in Minneapolis that stores our inventory. Uh, our manufacturing plant is in Mendota Heights. Mm-hmm. Warehouses in Minneapolis. We're out of Capella Tower downtown now. Okay. As our offices. And then we do all of our fulfillment for e com and for our wholesale program out of our uh, warehouse in Devons, Massachusetts. Okay. Cool. Um, what, what What's next for you? 
Well, You're so just going to keep going? The Midwest is not our only large region. The East Coast is growing faster mm-hmm. than the Midwest now. And it's, I think, even beat it now in, in size total. So that's why it's interesting. We, we do all of our shipping for e-commerce sales out of uh, Devons, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. which is a couple hours outside of Boston. But uh, we're, we're currently working on moving from our warehouse to we're going to partner with King Solutions to do our wholesale and our ambassador program fulfillment. Yep. And then uh, we're working on launching these two new programs. The custom one's going to be a big deal, and I think we're going to get a lot of interaction and excitement off of sure. that. And then what else are we doing? We just joined the uh, Facebook Small Business Council. Uh-huh. Um, That's pretty neat. Tell so me about April that. April 5th and 6th, we're going out with a bunch of other small to medium-sized businesses that do a lot of advertising and perform well on Facebook and Instagram. And so we're going to go join them and help them talk through like how they can innovate and do better in providing companies with the ability to advertise on social media. So they're using you and your case studies to help other advertisers understand how the power of Facebook works and get some success stories. I know everybody now wants to advertise on social media and that that's it's easy to want to do that it's much harder to implement it and so and to implement it well yeah and we need to provide some guidance maybe to facebook and instagram and how they get people on the same page and Mm -hmm. make it possible for them to be successful because it won't mean anything to them if somebody puts a hundred dollars at an ad for their local uh dentist office and it doesn't turn anything over right what they need to figure out is how to get it to work so that the partnership is in place so the advertising benefits both them yeah. as a social media company and also the the companies doing the advertising. And there's I think we're seeing some of that with the like geofencing type of technology. Have you experienced with any of that at all? Yeah. Our, our advertisements are like really complex. We do anything from weather based advertising right. to just creating hundreds of lists a day of, of different segments and testing them against each other, testing different words or images and what makes us so successful is that our content is so authentic and so new every week we do about three to five different photo shoots now Mm -hmm. whether it's from events that we're hosting or in manufacturing plants or just uh, new product shoots and so they're always new photos so people are always excited to see them and Mm -hmm. interact with them and they see a new product they like or the cult of love your melon get to be a part of it is, are you guys doing all of that from your 16 um, staff location, or have you hired an agency, or have you considered it? We do all of our own photography, all of our own social media marketing in-house. We get a lot of content from our consumers, like people that sure. tag us in posts and yep. take their own photographs wearing beanies all around, caps all around Isn't that the amazing? They're, like, doing half your job for you? Well, they're doing a good job, yeah. a better job than we can do in a lot of cases at taking good photographs because they know how they look and... They'll know how their beanie is going to look. And they look real. And they're authentic. And so that content's coming in, and we're now reposting that and tagging them in it so they can get more followers on social media. And it's a big network that's working together. We have a great PR company that we use, Lola Red PR. Yep. Um, Our friend Alexis Walsko. A lot of our stuff is done in-house, and it's great that way. You can have control over elements that we need to have. If you uh, if you could buy a company in the state of Minnesota right now, like is there somebody where you're just like, man, I want them. They're amazing. I could buy a company. We're not. 
Now we're focused so much on our own growth that thinking about working on another project right now is mm-hmm. like a it's lot. A little... So your mom and dad must be proud of you. Yeah, they're doing good. I'd like to turn them into an e-commerce based company too. Ship cakes all around the country. That would be really. Oh cool. my god! Please do cafe latte. Yeah, yeah. They're they have a really unique brand, unique product. It's just. Well, I think everybody needs to experience it more. We're in Costco now with the cafe latte gift cards. Oh, I didn't but, know uh, that. Yeah. My brother is helping run the show over there now. My parents are still there every day, but uh, we're gonna hopefully expand that over the next few years. And and that bread and chocolate, those croissants. I mean, those are yeah. crazy good too. I think those could be sold should be able to give them into other stores or mm-hmm. other restaurants to be used. But also I think we should be able to uh, figure out how to ship them all yeah. around the country and then sell them online. So when, you're, when your daughter's at college, you can she send wants her a, a turtle cake. beanie and a turtle cake overnight. I and, would love uh, that. Yeah, she can, she can experience being home without me. You must know my daughter because, A, she loves your beanies, and she got a couple for Christmas, and she wore them. She goes to the University of Vermont. And she no, called I, I me. I don't know her. What's her name? Her name's Ellie. Okay. But she called me and she was like, Mom, everybody wants a beanie here. Like, where can they buy them? So I like had to send her a link to the website. A couple of the kids had known about them and, you know, wanted them. So there you go. Cool. You have ambassadors all over. Well, it's been really fun to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, too. Um, Really have enjoyed. What do you do for hobbies that you, like when you feed, fit in your 80 a hours a week? We like skiing and snowboarding a lot. I grew up next to Afton Alps. On the St. Croix River, so I did the summertime counterparts sure. of those, the wakeboarding and water skiing. And yep. so we kind of balanced our lives out with that and hanging out with friends, going on adventures and cooking good food. Yep. Definitely learned that from my mother. And uh, Yeah, your mom was a good cook. You like you need, wine, too? You yeah. Need good wine? You need to listen to our radio show about food on the weekends. Yeah. I think absolutely. your mom listens, actually. You should get her on this. She, she would never do it. but <laughs> I think I invited her or Peter her. once. I, your dad, just a funny story about your dad. I used to have to call on your dad for advertising for a publication. And your dad was like the crabbiest man to call because they were always so busy. And then I ended up meeting him like in person somewhere. And it, you know, he was so nice. And he introduced He's the me. the sweetest to, guy. Ever. And he introduced me to your mom and... It, it did not occur to me until like days later that that was the same guy because I was calling on him when they were just getting started. No, he does and... get crabby on the phone sometimes. Yeah. I think it's because he used to get so many telemarketer calls for some reason. <laughs> I remember that from childhood. He would he would not like being on the phone, but he is the sweetest guy. Yeah. Ever. And You'll it was... see him bussing tables at the restaurant. Yes, that was my total experience and, uh, with them, and I just laughed. He's incredible. He, they're both amazing, and... Uh, they're going to do great things. I think my brother would be far more inclined to take the, the call. marketing <laughs> PR piece. He'd be happy to be in here. And, and didn't uh, your sister-in-law have that. Quince, the store? Yeah, we no, not talking about that. Okay. All right. It's, well, I'm Quince sad. is gone. I know, and I was sad that it was gone. So Yeah, it's okay. Very, very sad. It was a good hobby for my mom for a while, but not anymore. Yeah, it was a cool. Don't bring that up. It was a cool <laughs> store. All right. Um, well, good luck as you're moving. Um, is there any retailer that you'd like to mention here? So if people are hearing the podcast that maybe they can check out, is there, no, I don't think our, our beanies are not in any stores currently, but they will be after April 3rd, I'm sure. Okay. So, so I, this is a call out for boutique shops and yeah, for absolutely. companies and nonprofits everywhere to like check out our custom and our wholesale page on 
loveyourmelon.com starting right. April 3rd. That'll be really cool. And we'll put a link You'll in the... You'll be able the... to find that. And then if you don't have a beanie or if you want a baseball cap because now it's getting warm out again. I noticed that you're apparel, yeah, diversifying a little out. bit. Yeah, there's a lot of new products on the website. That's very cool. Uh, well, thanks for being our guest today. And people will be able to find you at loveyourmelon.com, right? Yeah, happy okay. to be here. Thank you. All right, thanks.